Coming to you from the lab where they talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Mike and Big Key, and this is The Gun Experiment. How's it going, everybody, and welcome to The Gun Experiment. This week, Keith and I talk with the owner of JBS Training Group and discuss designated marksman matches. I want to remind everyone that we release new content every Tuesday morning, so be sure to subscribe and share the show with friends. And as always, I cannot start the show without the big man across the table. My co-host, Big Keith, is in the house. Keith. You're having trouble tonight. I can tell you're bothered. Uh, well, you know, I, I don't have the big screen. I'm like feeling like I'm on like restricted to the small laptop screen, <laughs> but we'll live. We'll be all right. Well, listen, it wasn't every, it wasn't that long ago that we were up in a living room across from <laughs> each other on a crappy table. True. We didn't always have these little nice creature comforts. That's true. That's true. So, you know, maybe a little humble pie. A little humble pie. Yeah, exactly. I like that. I never I, had humble pie. Well, actually, I've been eating a lot of humble pie. <laughs> now that I think about it. <laughs> well, everybody gets their just desserts. Uh, uh, right, dad okay. let's, let's move on from that shit. Yeah. Uh, how's everything going? Everything's going pretty good. You know, I'm uh, enjoying uh, the six days of rain we got coming. Uh, maybe maybe we'll get some green grass again. Yeah. And then I'll have yeah. to start mowing, which will not yeah. be great. Yep. I got to mow soon. And uh I actually, my kids are away for like the next four days. Whoa. I, I know. It's crazy. Are they, you uh, running around the house, you know, n- naked? They just <laughs> went away today. I have not had a chance. Well, wait, hold on. My pants are off right now. No. <laughs> uh, no, I have not. But maybe later. Maybe later. Yeah. I see what happens. The, the night is still young. Well, you know, you might have to have a couple extra drinks and, uh, you know, speaking of drinks, I, I, we didn't get no drinks today. Yeah, we'll pour I, them in a little bit. Okay. Right. So anyway, obviously the show is all about guns and we know we love to shoot, but to Mike do that. Run, Mike running around the house naked and drinks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and shooting. And it, well, that sounded bad. <laughs> well, anyway, we love to shoot, but we need ammo to do that, right? So when it's yep. time to stock up on ammo, we look no further than our friends over at Target Sports USA. Be sure to check out their new offering, New Republic Ammunition, which comes in at a great price point. But if people want to get an even better deal, be sure to sign up for their Ammo Plus membership at TargetSportsUSA.com. I got to be honest, that's all I've been shooting lately. Oh, yeah. 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 I have like a ton of it and it, it's been been pretty good i haven't uh, had any issues with uh with it either i've shot nine millimeter 45 both uh, uh both those calibers in that brand and yep. it's been fine for training no issues at all with that you yeah know? my understanding is they offer like five or six different uh popular calibers right yep. now and i yeah, think they're five gonna... five six i think i saw 45 yeah a couple 38 38 four. yeah i'm gonna and, go look it up right now yeah and they're going to uh, expand that line or so you know so i hear so we'll see uh if you're looking to support our show, follow us on Instagram and or Facebook and possibly Twitter, because maybe I'll use Twitter at some point. But uh, definitely Instagram is the place. If you go there, that's where we spend most of our time, or at least I spend most of my time. Here it is right here. What Three, do we got? 380, 9mm, 45, 38, 357, and 5.56. Five, All right, there we go. We had most of them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to get into tonight's interview, but before we do, our interview tonight is brought to us by Flatline Fiber Co. Flatline makes everything from slings to dump pouches to their brand new IFAC pouch. We recently did a very thorough review on their IFAC, which I believe is going to air a little later, early next month. And we were both super impressed with it. I mean, we we definitely both enjoyed it. Yep. Serves, uh, serves a great purpose, and uh, I've got it on my battle belt, so I feel good that I've got you know, an IFAC on my battle belt. And then I got a 
starting to build up that medical supply uh, drawer a little bit, I guess is the best way to do it. So I got one in my vehicle and then my, one on my battle belt. And Cool. So excited about yeah. that. What I like about it is it really carries everything you need in a very small and manageable size, which I think is really what I was looking for, especially for the battle belt. <clears throat> yeah, um, it's not, you know, you, you have to understand that it is an, an individual oh, yeah, <laughs> pack. Yeah, you know, it's really for, you know, one person. But, you know, it's it's a perfect size for, like we've I've said twice already, you know, for putting on your, your own personal battle belt or yep. your range bag, something like that. And then, you know, you have a bigger expanded kit in your car or in your house and yep. you're good to go. Yep. Yeah. So they make a lot of great products. I highly recommend checking out all of their product line over at flatlinefiberco.com. But if you're looking to get an even better deal than that, you can use our discount code GUNEXPERIMENT10 at checkout to get 10% off. And Keith, you had something else for you, me? You can get the IFAC built out directly from them, right? Yeah. Yeah. I yes. saw that the other day when if I was If you don't want to, if you don't have supplies or you don't want to go, you know, build it yourself, handpicking, you, you can get it all from them. And I want to say it's like the exact same price. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a, a twinge more, but I mean like dollars, nothing yep. crazy. So worth your time to not pack it out if you don't want to. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Today's guest has been shooting for over 15 years and has worked to build relevant, up-to-date and professional training programs. He's worked with military, civilian, and law enforcement clients, including members of Homeland Security, NYPD, U.S. Marshals, and the FBI. When he isn't teaching, he's an active USPSA competitor where he has achieved the classification of Grandmaster. Please welcome Mark Smith of JBS Training Group to the show. Mark, how's it going? Real good, man. How y'all? We're doing good. Uh, you know, we were talking uh, earlier, and I, I'm trying to remember how I came about getting you on the show. And I think it was Alex Hartman from Ridgeline, uh, who's actually one of our sponsors. Uh, you you shoot with him? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I can, uh, Alex and I met, uh, gosh, man, probably three, maybe four years ago. Um, went up there to take a class with him up in uh, New Hampshire, and. Uh, you know, like I, I mean, I, I typically, my wife would tell you, I make friends with everybody, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I am a pretty social fellow, right? Like you can't just walk away from me. Like I'm going to, I'm going to follow you and ask you some more stuff. You know, I'm very inquisitive and that kind of thing. And we just, we just kind of hit it off. Um, I think I had some interesting questions for him that, that are not typical of the, the normal student. Cause my, my brain is a very skeptical, uh, natured thing. And, and, and I just wanted to know more than what he was saying. And we ended up in uh, the little portable drinking beer and talking about shooting for quite yeah. a while after class. And, uh, from that point forward, man, we've been pre pretty good friends. That's cool. Nothing really better than that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you started at shooting as, as a young hunter from what I understand, how did you get from the woods hunting as a youth to a firearms instructor and also a USPSA grandmaster? Uh, well, so, uh, it was, it was not of my, it was not of my design. I'll, I'll say that I, I never had any, intentions of really doing any of this stuff um i'm actually a fourth generation uh, smith plumber my uh my grandma was the first licensed master female plumber in the state of south carolina and, and like i mean it'd be like you know i used to have this joke that i'd tell people they asked me how long i've been doing this and uh i came out of the womb and her mama's water broke and i fixed it you know like that, that's how long <laughs> and uh and that was kind of like my plan, right? Like we, we already had these established businesses and, um, I mean like literally everybody in the, in the family did this. My, my cousins worked at the supply house. My brother's got his own company. Um, uh, I had my own company with my, my mother. Um, and, and that was what I was always going to do. And, uh, got, uh, got married in 2011 
had a had my first child shortly after that, and um, not you know I, I'm sure that a lot of your listeners would would hear me when I say like I take my uh, God given responsibility as a protector of my family pretty serious, maybe maybe more serious than most, and um, so carrying a gun to me was not optional. Uh, it was going to be uh, a, a default. Uh, I, I was going to be obligated to, in in a sense. And so, uh, I'm the kind of guy that uh, I, I've never enjoyed doing anything that I suck at, right? Like, uh, and mm-hmm. and people will will when I say that they always kind of go, yeah, me neither. But that's not really true, right? So, like, what I mean is, it's very strange to me how a man can go shoot a 140 on a golf course and go home and act like he had a good day. You know what I mean? Like, this is. <laughs> This is weird for me. Um, that's I, a I super just, good. I, that's a super good yeah, analogy. Yeah, like I just don't want to go. Um, you know you, what I mean? Like you're I'm a competitive person. Uh, well, and I never really thought of it like that either. It's never been a thing where like I I want to beat you. I just I just know that I could do better if I tried, and it bothers me that I didn't do better. You know, well, no, uh, I don't think being I don't think being competitive is necessarily you got to beat the guy. It's a personal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's how I, I I think I'm the same way in that sense. And, um, so anyway, I, uh, went to my first training class, uh, because the internet said I should (laughs) not because I thought I needed to, you know what I mean? Um, (laughs) I, I, and dude, like I always tell people this when I do these kind of interviews and things that it's because it, it is so true. Um, I jumped in with both feet, man, and went to, to uh, Pat Rogers uh, at EAG Tactical years ago. Some of your listeners might not even know who that is, but um, Pat Pat taught me kind of the way of the, the, the rifle. And then I jumped in with both feet with uh, Frank, uh, Frank Proctor's shooting school down in East Boga, Alabama. And I really thought like I was going to go down there and like they were going to be like, hey, Mark, you want to teach this block? You know what I mean? <laughs> like like I really thought I was I was squared away, right? And uh, the, the, the running – one liner for that is like I could hit all the beer cans on Thanksgiving Day. Nobody else in the family could. Therefore, like I'm good to go, right? I don't need no help from nobody. Yep. And uh, and man, like I went down not so much the Pat Rogers class because like he was teaching more gunfighting stuff than he was like sh- like performance shooting stuff. But like Frank Proctor's class, uh, I remember watching men do stuff with pistols that looked like freaking magic tricks. And yeah, thinking like what in the world is happening? You know. Um, and and became very aware very quickly that that I sucked at shooting, and um, and and I say that like I, I feel like when 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 people say that they like you you talk about somebody sucking at shooting they always take it as a personal attack like it's not that man it's just like it, it either is or it isn't like you either suck or you don't it's okay to suck at it like a lot of people do and a lot of people have everybody has right and so like I I have no reservation saying I sucked at shooting like it it, it was bad and um. So then I left there with this new uh, thought in my head on the drive home, you know, of like the so actually Alex uh, is is uh, Alex Hartman is is responsible for giving me this this idea. Um, I had what Alex calls the burden of knowledge. Right. So until until a man knows that he sucks at something, you can't fault him for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like because he doesn't know any better. But like now that, you know, now you got a choice to make or at least I did. Uh, and that is either don't shoot no more or get better. And Mm. because not shooting no more was not going to be an option for me, uh, based on, you know, uh, previously stated obligations, it was an obligation to, to get better. And so I started, uh, down that path. I kind of became a pretty big training junkie at this point. I've got, uh, over a thousand documented training hours with everybody from Delta force dudes to world champions, JJ Rikaza, Bob Vogel and all those guys. Um, and then I started seriously impressive. 
Yeah, well, and people say that, right? And I and, and I appreciate the sentiment, uh, but for me, it was not. It ain't like I did something that nobody else could do or nothing like that. No. Right? I, I just I was just addicted to, to learning, man. Um, Mark, if I, I could just, just pause you for one second, because you said yeah. something earlier that I want to I want to kind of uh, relate to my own maybe my yeah, yeah. own life because I think it's it, interesting. And that is, you said that you have ten hours of training to his thousand. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You said that, uh, you know, sucking wasn't an option, basically, I'm paraphrasing. And, you know, it's funny because the older I get, the more that I have realized, and really this is, I want to say, a pretty pretty new revelation. And that is Mm -hmm. the fact that there's plenty of things that I'm not good at. And the reason I'm not good at them is because I've realized that I just don't put the time in, or I just don't have the time to put in. There's nothing that I have done where I have, if I've done consistent effort, I have seen improvement and I've been successful. And so the reason I'm putting this out is more as, you know, to the listener out there, the idea that, you know, if you have a goal and something is important to you and you sort of divert some of your energy and time to it, it is near impossible not to improve. Right. Like you may not get to the level of like, if, if, if your goal is to be a better basketball player, I'm just using this as an analogy. Maybe you don't have the genetics to be LeBron James, but if you were to consistently show up to camps, consistently go and practice, consistently go and shoot uh, free throws, you are going to become better. There, there's no way that you can't, you know, given enough effort, mm-hmm. in my opinion, but. I, I think that's a, I think that's a hundred percent true, man. And that's kind of where I'm going with, with, with what's next here. Um, yeah, so I, I started competing because the internet said I should, right? Um, and I got beat by like 15 year old girls and dentists and crap like that. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like that didn't feel good. By the way, for a guy I, who has bad internet connection, the internet tells you a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I, I decided I was going to get better at that, man. And I, I woke up one day. Um, Daddy always said the difference between a man doing something and not doing it is is the the moment of decision, right? So like what he decides, um, I, I I will this will occur like one one way or another, and that and that's the pivotal moment that this that that predicts the future essentially. Um, so I woke up one day, man, and I had this crazy idea. I was like, you know, dude, like I want to be a grandmaster like really, really bad. Uh, and it was for nobody but me, right? And, and, and it might be like some deep set childhood things or whatever. I don't know why. I just wanted to be like classified at the top of that, like my, my trade craft, you know? Um, and so I decided that that day, uh, I don't remember that day or anything like that, but I I do remember, uh, I, I, I believe it was a Friday. I, I think I think it was because I made up a whole plan that weekend of how I was going to do this. Um, and I decided that I was going to be a grandmaster by the end of the year, come hell or hot water. Um, and going back to what you just said, I, I'm, I'm not a smart man, right? I know what love is. Uh, but I do know that if you will impart every ounce of effort you have into something, something will occur, right? Like you don't really have to know what you're doing. You just have to give her all she's got and something will happen. Um, and so that's kind of where I started. And, uh, once I, uh, once I started, I realized that, okay, I'm doing a little bit, but I could do more. Right. And, uh, and so I found ways to do more. And by the time, um, it was all said and done, man, I, and, and I'm not saying what I'm about to say in an attempt to make the listeners think they need to go do this. Right. Because what I'm about to say, like what you need to hear the preface for all this is, 
is this was this was sacrificial in nature, right? Meaning the whole family, right? I, I missed family dinners for this. Like I missed baseball games for this. I, I like I, I neglected my people to to do this. Uh, I'm I'm not super proud of that aspect of it. Um, but I, by the time it was all said and done, I was doing uh, at minimum. And then when I say at minimum, that means it could be up to two or three times as much of this. But at minimum, I was doing an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening of dry fire and uh, a minimum of three days a week live fire, 500 rounds uh, every, every time I went to the range. And uh, went from B class to grandmaster. I, I did that for 47 days straight. Um, and I went from B class to grandmaster in, in four matches. And now one of those matches was an all class fire, um, but I, I was able to accomplish that. And I, I think it was right at four, four months or something. Um, hmm. And, you know, and when I, when I got that done uh, on the USPSA side of the house, I kind of was like, well, I, I did it. Cause I never really had any aspirations. And still to this day, I don't really have any real aspirations to go like do national champion stuff or anything like that. I, I, I thought for a while that I was going to go do some um, to make, I was going to go make GM and open. Um, yep. But then like, I wasn't working like I, like I used to be. Um, and I realized after my first match that I was doing that to impress people like you. No, I wasn't doing that <laughs> for me. You, you know what I mean? And, and so yeah. like I, I, I didn't put into it what I, what I could. Um, yeah. And so I just kind of abandoned that. But anyway, long story short, man, that um, all that came to fruition. And, and uh, I, I got this crazy idea one time, New Year's Eve night, um, 2020. Well, it would be 2019. Uh, made a New resolution. Night, yeah, I, I thought, man, you know, I, I wanted to help people, you know, like I wanted to, to like love on people and like and, and, and make the world a better place. Kind of, you know, kind of crap. And I couldn't do that in people's crawl spaces. And um, so I, I had this crazy idea. I was like, well, I could go like show some guys what I know about shooting guns and stuff. And, uh, one thing, one thing led to another man and, uh, God opened a whole lot of doors for me. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'll never take credit for, for where I am today. I, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I did what I did. Uh, and I, and I do what I do, but man, if you knew all the details, they, they, none of this makes sense outside of divine intervention. Um, and, and so I just keep, keep doing what I'm told, man. And I, I go and show people what I know about shooting, try to teach them about being better shooters and being better men. And, uh, and we just keep the ball rolling. Well, that's a, that's a very good philosophy. And I know you've also talked about, you know, taking a scientific approach to training people. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about, uh, how that can vary from person to person, person, you know, like what are some of the science based approaches that you, that you do use? Well, man, I, so I, I don't know if it's, there is science to it, but the, the predominant amount of science that's, that I use is the the social norms and social behaviors and, and like the, the common denominators that we see with people uh, and then also math. So uh, the, the math makes it really, really easy for my brain to kind of diagnose certain things. So like I, I can take a shot timer and I can tell you, hey, hey man, shoot me, uh, uh, you know, three rounds on this target, three rounds on this target, three rounds on this target. And, and I can use that timer to tell you a whole lot about your potential uh, habits and propensities that, that you may not know you have, um, just because I understand the math and the science that goes with the math. So, uh, just a, 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 qu- a quick, uh, example of that would be something yeah. like, um, uh, so the, the, the average, we, we know that the average human brain, um, can receive a stimulus, process that information and provide an output 
in somewhere around a quarter second. Now, a lot of people will say the phrase, the human brain cannot react faster than a quarter second. That's that's not what I said. Um, it's not a reaction. It is a processing, right? So um, if you touch a hot cast iron pan, you will immediately, in less than a tenth of a second, move your hand, right? So right. I, I know that you can react M- Move it before you feel it. Move it before you process it is the key, yeah. right? Uh, so, like, you can absolutely react faster than you can process, Um to, to certain things, right? And so if 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 you got a man that is shooting uh, you know, something crazy, man, like 0.15 splits on on a target, I know that he is not consciously processing that shot as it's happening. I'm not saying he don't see it. I'm not saying he don't know whether or not he missed. I'm not saying any of that. It's that in that moment, he he cannot consciously keep up with his body's reactionary uh uh effort if that kind of makes sense. And so you can kind of start to look at a shot timer and say, okay, man, on this target, we, we could have predictively shot this target based on its size, distance, opportunity, whatever. But instead, the shot timer says that you spent 0.37 seconds per shot on this target, which means you were actively confirming sites when you might not have needed to and you wasted a little bit of time there, right? And so like that that's kind of like how the, all the science sort of blends together. Um, so... That, that actually makes a lot of sense. And it sounds like what you're doing is you're taking <clears throat> human potential, right? And you're seeing where there is wasted space or wasted time for that human potential. Yeah. The The question I have with like what you just said about uh, like site alignment, that makes a lot of sense in that situation. How do you adjust? This is something Keith and I were just talking about, or I was asking Keith kind of his opinion on some stuff that I was working on. And how do you work in the idea of... Uh, uh, like clearing garment, uh, getting a proper grip and a master grip and things like that, because obviously mm-hmm. that has to do more so with your the physicality of you actually like you know you know moving garment another way, you getting a good grip versus a bad grip. Those aren't necessarily mm-hmm. things. Obviously, you can improve your times with those, but how do mm-hmm. you get the person to improve like the actual movements to speed up that process? So, man, there, there's a, a couple – so th- there's there's a hundred ways to skin a cat, right? And I, I don't think that any – well, <laughs> let me back that up. Some people are definitely doing it wrong, but there's a lot of people <laughs> that are doing it. There's, there's a lot of people that are doing it different, but it ain't, you know, it ain't necessarily wrong. Um, I mean, so my way, anytime I input a new technique, this is something that I want to uh, – I want to change what I've always done in favor of something new that I've learned to believe in. Right. So this can be, uh, I want to move my support hand to a different spot than I always do because this instructor just told me this thing and it makes sense to me. Right. Now I want to implement this. Sure. What I will have guys do is start out with five seconds on the, on the clock, man, uh, five seconds on the shot timer. I don't want you to beat the five second mark. I want you to use the entire five seconds, right? And so what I'm doing is I'm slowing this movement down egregiously. And the reason I'm doing that is because you have to slow it down to a point where the conscious mind can be put on this task. Um, You have to be able to think through it in steps consciously with no subconscious action occurring in order to build a new subconscious action, right? So a lot of people don't understand how the brain works, right? The conscious mind feeds the subconscious skill set through conscious repetition, right? I'm, I'm, I got my brain on one single thing, and I'm going to do that single thing over and over and over and over uh, and, and, until I, I get the subconscious skill built up. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do not know how long this typically takes, but I know how to test it and how you test it is once you think you got it, put yourself on video and do it at speed. And then you'll know um, if it doesn't show up, you ain't got it yet. Um, Does it make sense to go from that five seconds down to four seconds down to three yes, seconds? To kinda- yes. So once, once, once we get the five seconds wrapped out and we're feeling pretty good with that, man, this is typically going to be three to five minutes of this. Uh, we're going to drop it down to four. We're going to do three to five minutes at four. Then we're going to drop it down to three and we're going to continue and continue and continue until now we can't think about every individual thing at one time. Right. It, it's going to have to be pre-programmed as a subconscious skill. Um, one evolution of this for one day is not enough. Um, it, and, and also people people don't really understand man, that like when you're when you're training, whether it's dry fire or live fire. Number one, is, I, I don't think I, I think almost never not 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 never as a blanket statement, but almost never, at least 90 percent of the time, it should not be outcome based focused. Right. It should not be did I pass or fail. It should be you need to put your brain on a single thing that you were trying to get better at and pay attention and and work that thing consciously. Um, so like I always tell guys, man, if you're if you're working on moving your feet and how you're entering a position, I don't really care if you threw a Charlie like that doesn't matter to me because because you're not because I know you can hit the target if you choose to. Right. If you choose to care about nothing more than hitting the target, you will. But your feet won't suddenly just fix themselves. Right. So you've got to put your right. brain on your feet. Um, and, and, and that's the kind of stuff that guys don't understand, man. And so they'll go out and they'll just they'll keep trying over and over and over and over until on the 74th attempt, they get the Instagram run. Right. And then they'll post that up and act like that's who <laughs> they are. And well, it's, it's funny because I saw I saw you post something actually, interestingly enough, on Instagram. And yeah. it was uh, it was about this topic. And the one thing I really like that you said, and I, and I want to bring this up because I think it's important for the listeners to hear this, is yeah. if you, this was this particular thing was on Red Dot, and it was if you're drawing the gun and you're not finding the dot, rather than and, and in the video you did a nice job of showing like fake frustration of like oh like you know kind of like shaking your head like I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm mad at myself right. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and the point of the video was don't just put the gun back in the holster and try it again, fix quit, the, like find the dot, right? Like, like even though yep. you couldn't find it, find the dot, then put it back and do it again, but do it better the second time. And I thought that was a really good point in terms of the idea of make every rep count. And even if it's a bad yeah. rep, still find well, that dot and keep pushing through. So when, when my, when my little girl was about one year old, I built her a little table, I don't know, about 10 or 12 inches high, and it had like all the different shapes cut out in it, right? And it, and it's, uh, honey, put the circle in the circle hole kind of thing. You know what I mean? I had like squares and stars and all that kind of jazz. And uh, I use this as an example, right? It's like when, when, when she would take the square and try to fit it in the star hole, what I would not do is walk by her and go, God, you're an idiot. You suck at this, <laughs> right? Because that, that's a hell of a thing to say to a child, right? I ain't going to say that. Um what I would do is I'd go over there and I'd take her by the hand and I'd say, no, 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 baby, look, look right here. See how that works, right? And I would teach her. Um, what people are doing when they whip the freaking blaster out and they don't see the gun, they are doing the first option or the first example, which is, God, you suck, freaking idiot, right? And they're just reholstering it. You're not learning anything, dude. Like, you won't just suddenly manifest this, this ability like that. You have to take the freaking brain by the hand, right? And guide that thing around until you find what's right and then solidify that by paying attention. I always tell guys, man, pay attention. When you finally see it, 
I like to squeeze just a little bit, like like just squeeze both your hands and 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 feel that feeling, right? And 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 it, it, to a lot of people, man, this is gonna sound like hocus pocus BS, right? Because it's it's very <laughs> like meditative like state of focus. But what I want you to do after that occurs is don't try to hunt for the dot. Try to replicate that feeling, right? Sure. And when you do that, you'll be amazed how I'm doggone dot'll just show up. Also, often it's like a muscle memory thing. It's it's well we can we can vary so like if I if I if I have you like I want you to squeeze your fist together right now fifty percent of your strength right give me give me fifty percent of what you got to squeeze your fist now stop relax and then replicate that and you can do it again right like you 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 know right. yourself and you know like where you are in time and space um like so so replicate that feeling in that same position right and and another thing is stop stop looking for the dot, right? Like people will put their eyes in the glass and they'll be hunting around for the dot <laughs> instead of looking at the thing that they want to point the gun at, right? And one of the right. easiest ways to get over that is go ahead and shut that thing down with a piece of tape, put a piece of tape on the front of it and occlude it. And, and you won't be able to do that anymore. And, and then hmm. you'll be forced to look at the spot you want to point the gun at. And it's like the closest thing to magic I've ever seen. All of a sudden you'll point <laughs> the gun at it. Um, yeah. And so like, there's lots of reasons that we, don't get what we want. And, and and typically it is because we're very surface level with our effort, right? Like we, 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 we don't like to put, put our very complex thoughts into, into things because it takes a lot of brain power, right? Like, like back in the day, like I remember taking the SAT at school, man, I came home and took like a three hour nap. It's like, there's absolutely such a thing as like putting all your brain into something. And I think as people, we are by default, lazy creatures, right? Um, the only reason we go to work is because the law of thermodynamics exists. It says that if you don't cut the grass, it don't just suddenly become beautiful, right? You must do it. <laughs> right. Um, and, and that's the only reason we do anything. And, and so the same thing applies to training, man. Like people just don't want to like pay attention to like why they can't do something and find a solution. They just want to pay somebody 500 bucks to show them some magic trick and make them feel good. Right. And it's, that's just not the case, man. So speaking of magic tricks, <laughs> I'm oh sure you pull some magic tricks of your own in your classes. And at, speaking of classes, you you offer quite a few different options. And I particularly found the one course that you have titled The Helper super interesting yeah. to me. So, so I, I, yeah. I'm actually pulling this up. And I, there's a couple of things I want to uh, – this is right from your course description. And I, I kind of want to bring these up and then uh, have you comment. So there's actually two. The first part uh, that I've read that it was very interesting, it says, this is a course dedicated to those of us who intend uh, to offer assistance to others. We will explore what risk may be involved in doing so. And so the reason I bring this up is because Keith and I have talked many times about who is sort of under your umbrella. Like, in other words, I think a lot of times people get their gun and they think like they really truly have good intention and they think like, you know, yep. I'm, I may someday have to kind of, you know, help somebody. And then the more yep. you, we're, we're really deep behind enemy lines in New York state and it's, you know, gun laws aren't God so, bless you, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But especially in a state like New York, but I think this goes really nationwide to be quite honest. Sure, is, sure. There are consequences and, you know, you really have to make decisions on like who is sort of under, as I always say, your umbrella of who you're willing to take the most dire of circumstances and be willing to face the fight after the fight. So I'd like to hear sort of your opinion on, on how this plays into your course. Yeah. So uh, right off the bat, man, the, the helper 
um, is not a thing yet. That was a course description for a beta that I was running uh, to see kind of how this worked out. Because like a lot of times, man, I'll have these great ideas in my head, but when I go to actually apply them, they don't work like like I thought, like my head told me it would. <laughs> and uh, so, so I have to, you know, make adjustments. And so uh, the, the helper is something I, I plan and I hope to bring to, to curriculum at some point, but as of right now, it's just not there. Uh, and it's because of the logistics of it. One of the things I wanted to do with that class was have like subject matter experts that specialize in their own respective fields come sure. and, and talk to certain aspects of this. Um, well, more so just so, your, what your philosophy on what you envision. Yeah. And, and yeah the yeah. statement so, I just said. Okay. Okay. So, so, all right, here's the thing, man. So one of my, my greatest mentors, maybe my greatest mentor ever is a man named Bill Blowers. And uh, Bill Blowers is is my best friend. Uh, it's a very uncanny relationship. He's 20 years my senior, lives in Washington State. Like we're 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 like if you looked at both of our attributes, we're nothing alike, right? Uh, but but he is so full of freaking wisdom, man. It's unbelievable how this man's mind works. And and he says and asks and and talks all the right things that make my brain tick, right? That like, he's very, very inquisitive and very detailed and very uh, skeptical a lot of times. And so one of the biggest statements I ever got from him, man, is is the, the weight of the gun is heavy. And, and I ain't talking about the physical weight, right? And I think hmm. that far too many um, are shoving a gun in their pants every day and walking out the door and they don't think nothing else about it. Like that's the, they, yeah. they have thought nothing about uh, things like, what are you willing to do? Like, like, what does that look like? And when are you willing to do it? And how could that context shift, right? Or that line shift based on, based on context or, or environment, right? So I do a lot of work with, uh, with local safety teams, with churches and things like that, man. And one of the first things that we kind of go over is like, make sure that you understand what you have signed up to do, man. Um, and, and so I, I know that the, the use of the firearm in defense of innocent life, while it may be a very low, uh, it's, it's a low rhythm thing, right? It doesn't happen all the time, but it yeah. is a very high consequence thing if you are not ready for it. Um, and so be sure of what you have said you would do. And so one of the, the visuals that I use for that, uh, or, or the analogies is like, uh, and, and you can, and, and this this really works to kind of explain my point, right? So you think of this, uh, visualize this with me. So you're, you're, you're at a, you're at a church, uh, Wednesday night, youth service, whatever. And you hear the unmistakable sound of gunfire coming from inside the building, right? And you as the safety team member, this is a yes or no question. Uh, are you, are you going to go towards the sound of that gunfire to save the people that you've sworn to save, uh, in that event? Yes or no. And, and almost everybody's just like, yeah, of course. Uh, okay, cool. So let's do that then. Right. And we're rolling down through there and we're, we're getting into the long hallway and we're looking for this. And, uh, we're going to assume for the purposes of, uh, theatrics that every, every shot we hear is, is another kid getting killed and it's just real bad. You're scared, you're panicked, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and, and that was the day you brought that little pocket pistol because it was comfortable. And, <laughs> and so uh, now you're, you're, you're dealing with all this and, and you get in that hallway and you see him, right? You finally put eyes on him and uh, he's got a, he's got like a, a, a semi-auto Glock or something in his hand. And he's, and he is, he has now also seen you. And there's this moment of like, like it's, it's kind of like a little moment of, of standoff sort of thing going on. And all of a sudden he raises that gun up and he's getting ready to, he's getting ready to tune you up. Uh, what do you want to do in that moment? And everybody's always like, oh, shoot him, save my own life, you know? And and the problem with what everybody does in their head is, right, is this, watch this. So I want you to take that bad guy that you've been visualizing and get rid of him, right? That 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 long-bearded weirdo, 
biker dude or, or, or whoever that is. Get him out of there. And I want you to replace in that same scenario a 12-year-old kid. And that kid, uh, you know him. You even you you might even like him, and uh, he comes comes to church on Wednesday night. Kind of a, kind of a weirdo, kind of a little nerd kid or something. But he's he's finally had enough of people treating him the way they've been treating him and, and being bullied. He's brought his dad's gun to school and he's gonna kill everybody. And now, your job that you have signed up and swore to these members of this congregation that you would do is to put a bullet into his face while you look him in the eyes, right? And like that's 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 what you are potentially saying you are going to do. And that ain't easy, man. And that don't feel good. I think you're hitting the nail on the head with what happens with the majority of people, you know, who, who we were just talking about, you know, put a gun in their, in their, you know, waistband every morning or every day right. and, and don't really think of the consequences. It's, it's far right. beyond, you know, um, you know, defending other people around you in, in a situation where you don't know the other person like you're talking well, there's, about. There's, there's four risks that you run. Right. Um, and, and these are these are not these are not just the right things. These are just Mark's things. Right. These are the four that I've kind of come up with based on my mission statement in life. These, this is what I risk. Right. Uh, the first one everybody always goes to is death. Right. Well, you could die. OK, well, I got it, man. And, and yeah, that would suck. Um, but like if, if, if you hadn't yet met the savior of the world known as Jesus Christ, I'd encourage you to do that, because once that occurs, death don't really I, I, I don't want to die. But that's not the worst thing that could happen. Right. And so I think that there are things in this life that if they were to come to fruition would be worse than dying, right? And so I'm going to hit you with them real quick. Uh, next one that you risk is uh, you risk great bodily injury, right? You could grow up uh, the next you know, 40 years of your life being a quadriplegic where your children feed you through a straw until you die in a chair. Um, I'd rather die, right? I, there's worse things than dying. Um, number uh, three, you risk through not knowing your own capability, right? So Sun Tzu, Art of War, know thyself. I think that's the most uh, important thing that he said in that entire book. You need to know who you are, man. And uh, you need to know your capability level and you need to know who you are mentally. And through not knowing any of that, you could uh, act like a spaz and panic and you could start dumping rounds everywhere and you could shoot the little old lady, man. Or mm-hmm. or, or, mm-hmm. or you or some somebody's kid over there or something because you, you just don't even you don't even know what you can and can't do. Uh, literally with a firearm, right? You mentioned the the thing about the, you know, replace the biker with the the little, you know, the 12-year-old kid or whatever. And I think that's a very important point you make because uh, we talked about this before in the show. And, you know, I think we tend to run like scenarios of like, you know, what yep, could happen. Got their yep, everyone's got their sort of idea of like what a bad situation looks like. But the reality of it is there is no... There's it a lot of what your fantasy, man. It will not yeah. be your yeah. fantasy. We we right. know that. Like like that's right. not a, that's not theory. We know that. We've got people that have lived through it that can tell us, right? Right. Um. And 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 then the fourth risk that you take in shoving a gun in your pants and saying you're going to save the day as the helper that you tout uh, yourself as being is. And this is the worst one. Uh, I don't know if you guys have kids or not, but I'm sure some of these listeners do. And 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 married men and all this. Um. You risk going to prison for the rest of your life in 2023 America for doing the right thing. Yeah. And, and that's probably the now, scariest one. <laughs> and now another man keeps your side of the bed warm and raises your babies while you're locked in a cage with the people you hate the most until you die. You know, and yeah. like that's yeah. that's what you risk, man. And so like if, if if after taking consideration of all that, you're still willing to get to, to, to go in there and help, then then it, be the helper, man. But it, but if you are not, I think you should know that about yourself. And then that and, and, and this is important, man. I'm gonna say this real quick. So if you're not that guy, right? You're not that guy, but <laughs> sorry. Um, 
if you're not that guy, and I, I don't think no kind of way about you, man. Like, I don't think you're a pansy. I don't think you're a pussy. I don't, I, like, I don't think none of that crap, right? I'm actually quite proud of you for knowing that about yourself and acting accordingly, because that takes a lot of, uh, a lot of like letting your ego go to, to be able to do that, you know? Well, it um, also says like, you have priorities, right? You understand right, like your as a, sort of... As a member of society, thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> thank you for not shoving a gun in your pants and freaking making it rain bullets around my children. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, that, and that's, that's kind of what the helper set out to, to be, man, is like, Hey, uh, number one, if the gun's all you got, then you only got a hammer. Right. Uh, and if, and if all you got's a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? Everybody's heard it. Um, <laughs> I, I know men that have been on the side of rural roads, uh, on, on scenes of a car wreck as, as just a regular dude that was passing by and they've, they've watched children, uh, less than seven years old. They've watched those babies bleed to death and go to Jesus because they didn't have a way to do anything about it. And like, I, 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 if, if you don't have medical, right, or you don't know how to fight or you don't know how to talk to people or you don't have like anything but the gun, then I don't think you're a helper, man. I think you're tricking yourself. Right? Yeah, like helpers care about being ready to help people and that help people don't mean shoot people. Right. Right. It, yeah. it means help people. And, and, and that's what that whole course was designed to try to get across, man. It's like, you can't just go around saying I'm a helper and, and you ain't got nothing but this little Taurus pocket pistol, you know, over here <laughs> acting all hard about it. You know what I mean? Like it ain't, it, cause it ain't the one thing, man. It, it is the dismal tide. Well, you know, you're, you're right in the fact that, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that miss that, that discussion with themselves and, you know, I think, uh, that's part of what we, we, we all encourage, uh, is, is for people to have those type of you know, uh, conversations with themselves and, and make those decisions. Um, another, another aspect of uh, a perspective of yours that I f- have found really refreshing is this normal guy, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, why do you think the thought, that thought process uh, of some people just wanting to shoot better to shoot better, right? You know, that's kind of where, where you all, where you started from versus yeah. learning the gunfire gunfighting portion is foreign in a lot of training curriculum, you know, uh, I, I, I think, I, think that, it's, I hope I'm making I think, sense there, you know? Yeah, no, I a hundred percent know what you mean. Um, and, <laughs> and, and I, I was that guy, right. Um, I think it's ignorance based and I don't mean ignorance in a, in a negative light, right. Like as far as like, I'm, it's not an insult. I, I mean, you, you just, yeah, and I'm not talking bad talk. about any, I don't, and I'm not trying to yeah, throw yeah. shade at no, any no. of these, these, yeah, these trainers that teach gunfighting, you know, but no, it, no, no. Gun, it is refreshing. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah, gun, gun yeah. fighting is a thing, man, right? Um, but here, here's what I tell guys, man. They, they, they don't understand enough to understand how to separate things, right? So, like, for instance, I will make this concrete statement, right? Uh, there is no such thing as tactical shooting. Like, that is not a thing, okay? There are tactics, and then there is shooting. There is no such thing as tactical shooting, okay? Um, so, like... I ain't never, not once, not ever met a man who had been in a gunfight and, and, and he said that he wouldn't have rather himself be faster and more accurate in that event. <laughs> like I ain't never seen that guy. Right. Um, and, and, and so like shooting is shooting is shooting, man. Fast, accurate shooting is fast, accurate shooting, no matter how you cut it, no matter whether or not you fighting, you know, freaking uh, Abdullah, blah, 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 or whatever overseas, or whether you're home invasion thing, or whether you're at the match on Saturday, 
Like fast accurate shooting is fast accurate shooting, man. And there ain't nobody that's ever had to save their own life with a gun that would say, no, you know, actually, I wish I would have, I would have slowed down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> wish you know it was less I mean? accurate. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and, and so once you kind of separate those out and say, okay, man, like if, if like, uh, here's another good example. I, I did not used to know this. Um, uh, we'll, we'll say uh, Delta Force. I'm not in Delta, so I can say Delta. <laughs> um, but they they would know, they would call themselves the unit um, out out of Fort Bragg, uh, North Carolina. Who do you think teaches them how to shoot? Because it ain't Delta, right? It is the, <laughs> the the people that have learned more about this one particular thing and specialize in it more than anyone else in the world ever has, and they are civilians, right? Who do you think teaches them skydiving? It ain't Delta, right? It's it's the dudes from Team Red Bull that like do all the crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so like, what do you? Want the guys who make a living man? out of jumping out of airplanes. Yeah, yeah. Because like we know, right? Do, think about this. You have to uh, you have to call a plumber because your your freaking your your roof's leaking. If if your roof leaks again, it's going to cost you a hundred thousand dollars. If 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 when he fixes the leak on this this go around, if it leaks again, it's going to cost you a hundred thousand dollars. Would you rather call uh, Leroy's Plumbing, HVAC, Electrical, and Home Repair, or or JM Plumbing and Mechanical? Right, right. Like you want, you the, want plumber, the, the the specialist. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's the exact. I, same I want your thing grandmother. Any, right, <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> and so that's the exact same thing in any tradecraft, right? You go to the dudes that specialize in the one thing. And so I just simply ask guys, man, like, what are you here to learn today? Right. Because if right. you're here to learn shooting, I got some stuff for you. Right. But if you're here to learn like vehicular underwater combatives or something weird <laughs> like that, like <laughs> I got nothing for you, man. Like you said <laughs> the wrong thing. You know what I mean? Um, yep. So here, here's a very interesting uh, uh, differentiation. Right. I teach shooting. Craig Douglas also teaches shooting. But the employment of the shooting is different based on the context of what's going on. And Craig applies tactics to his shooting. Right. Right. So like shooting from retention is not tactical shooting. That is a tactic that we employ. The shooting is still the same. You still must have good uh, uh, recoil mitigation. You must still pull the trigger without moving a gun. You must like all these things are still in play. Yeah. You bring up Uh, an interesting point because you had talked about like people who have been involved in in gunfights or whatever. And the idea that they're, you know, the shooting is the shooting and the tactics are the tactics. So it's really, it's not tactical shooting, it's tactics and shooting. That's really what Correct. it boils down to is it's the two things that you put together to make you a competent gunfighter. And that's ultimately, I, I think what you're trying to, you know, what you're saying. Um, I actually, sure. you know, it's interesting because um, I, I want to kind of move on to some hardware conversation because I watched yeah. a video you had done and uh, it was interesting to me because I'm I'm in the process of um, doing a new a uh, new AR build, mm-hmm. and sort of the plan is sort of a, a quasi like a, like a recce build. And mm-hmm. you had an interesting video about uh, LPVO uh, optics and mounting, which I probably will put on this uh, particular rifle, and uh, the idea of backup sights. And mm-hmm. I am I have become a true believer and I truly love red dots and Mm -hmm. your opinion is the idea of instead of having backup irons, which suck, Mm. uh, or you suck at shooting, (laughs) um, instead of using those using a backup red dot and having the red dot as your backup. 
And I thought that was an interesting. Uh, I, it was this YouTube video. I watched this one too. I yeah, think. it was yeah. really interesting. Uh, I've I've seen differing opinions, by the way, uh, from yep. from some pretty notable people. But I thought yep. it was an interesting take. Uh, the the one sort of I will say the one Drawback. opposing uh, the opposing opinion, I guess, is the uh -huh. idea that this idea often comes from competitive shooters. Um, yep. that that's where that sort of originated from. That doesn't yep. mean it's good or bad, but that was sort of the, hey, this is where it originated from. And, you know, ultimately LPVOs are pretty sturdy and you may not even need backups. However, mm -hmm. I liked your opinion on it and I thought maybe we could kind of talk about it. Yeah, man. So I, I think that the, the hardest thing to overcome in the shooting industry that I have ran into yet is that everybody sees every issue, everybody sees every comment, everybody sees every situation through their own lens of context, right? Their own experience. Uh, they, they very rarely have the ability or, or either they just don't try, I don't know which, uh, to see the world through another man's eyes, right? Um, and, and that becomes a, a, prere a prerequisite to, to, to like putting out things like this, right? Like I, I have to understand all the things and also understand that everybody ain't me, man, right? And so typically what I, so I, 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 I will routinely run a red dot mounted optic and an offset red dot behind that optic. Um, this is what sets the internet on fire, right? They're, they're like, oh, I need a backup for my backup for my backup. And they like make, they make it real dumb, right? Um, so here's what I got, man. If you come from the military side of the house. These are typically the guys that always hate this, right? Um, you have to realize that you came from the, the typically, I'm not talking about, this is not a blanket statement, right? But typically the veteran guys that served in the military have one lens of experience to look through, right? And that is a wartime environment in a third world country with IEDs and all kind of other crazy stuff going on that we just don't have going on over here in the civilized United States, right? So, that, <laughs> so that's a thing. Um, and, and they'll say things like, oh, well, yeah, because if, if my one like they always say that if one red dot goes down, both of them would go down. And it's like, dude, I'm not talking about getting blowed up in a Humvee, bro. Like that ain't what I'm talking <laughs> about. Like I'm, I'm talking about my battery died in the middle of a course of fire. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this ain't this ain't Iraq, man. Well, um, I was more interested in the idea of, you know, obviously one of the downfalls of an LPVO is the idea that there is a there's parallax and that by yeah. running a red dot uh, on the side. Um, yeah. it, it allows you to sort of have both options, the best of both worlds. I think that's an interesting concept. Uh, and obviously well, the parallax, the parallax really has nothing to do with it. In, in my opinion, like every, every optic has parallax. Um, it's it just a byproduct of taking light and bending it and putting it through a bunch of, bunch of, uh, lenses, right? It, it is, it's not a parallax thing so much as, so much as it is a, um, on an LPVO based platform, it is my backup aiming solution. Uh, it it is also it's just an option, right? So a lot of things that guys don't yep. think about, man. If you're if you're going to be barricaded on a uh, on a position, right? And I talk talk to coppers about this. Like try this out, right? So go mounted barricaded standing up against the corner of a wall or or something similar, and and keep keep a good sight picture uh, through your your conventional twelve o'clock mounted optic. And now. Just rotate the rifle ever so slightly, 35, 45 degrees inboard, and look at how much more comfortable it is to just stay there longer, right? And mm -hmm. I still got an aiming solution. Um, it is really, really great for shooting while moving laterally, especially uh, right to left movement, 
where I've, I've overran a target and I have to twist farther backwards to get it now. Um, that 12 o'clock, uh, aiming solution is, is, is really, really hard. Uh, it torques your spine all up pretty good, but if you can just camp the gun ever so slightly and relax that spine, now you can shoot farther longer while still moving. Um, over the top of short walls, uh, canting the gun is always a thing, right? Everybody always cants the gun. A lot of people don't know this, but most dudes that lean over walls to shoot targets that are set low don't even use their sights. They're just point shooting those things. Um, with an offset dot, oftentimes you can get a sight picture. Uh, so there's, there's, you know, lots of different little things like that. I can have one set up for daylight use once I get outside of the structure, one set up for, for nighttime use uh, inside the structure, low light use. I can have one set up for passive aiming, one set up for daylight aiming when we go to white light eventually. Like there, there, it's just options, right? And, and then the, yeah. at the end of the day, dude, if you don't like it, then don't do it, man. Like we yeah. can still be friends. You it's know what it's I mean? funny like, you it, say that because it, it, I, as I was listening to it, I was like, yeah, that there's some interesting stuff. I, I heard everything you said. I was like, that's that's interesting, right? Uh, yeah. Obviously, having some offset irons is is an option. I think that there's yeah. an, there's some arguments to be made there. And I heard another opinion that was like, just run an LPVO and you don't need backups and they're sturdy enough. And, and that's certainly an opinion. But what's interesting to me is the fact that in this industry, and I think this goes for other industries as well, but in this industry, there's a lot of sort of um, bra bra bravado of like my way is the way and scoffing at any it's, other opinion. What, what's that saying? It's, Opinions are like assholes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's tribalism, dude. It, it absolutely yeah. is. Like everybody wants to belong. Right. So here's, here's the, uh, the next one liner for you. So, so right now I have no, this, this is how stupid the, the gun industry has gotten. Right. Right now I have no idea what kind of shoes you guys have on. Right. And I don't care. Because I like you no matter what kind of shoes you got on. Because <laughs> I think you guys are pretty cool dudes. You know what I mean? And I bet you that whatever shoes you do got on, I probably don't want. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but, 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 dude, if you don't run the same optic setup as I do, you're an idiot. You're a fool. I'm going to cuss <laughs> you out. Like, you, you know what I mean? And like, it's like, wait a minute. Like, like what? Like, I, did, I don't have the same rifle as you do either, man. But you're cool with right. that. Like, like, I don't have a lot of the same stuff as you do, but all of a sudden, right. if I ain't got a, like an enclosed emitter, I'm going to die in the streets and you hate me? You know what I mean? That's like, a it's, good it's point. Very strange. Yeah. It's very strange, it is. man. It, it is a weird dynamic of the industry, for sure, and the, and the culture of the gun world, for sure. I remember I, watching I a guy I remember watching a guy post a, it was one of those stupid Facebook groups, man, and, and they are stupid. I'll call them stupid. Uh, they, there are very few Facebook groups I've ever seen that are actually good, um, <laughs> but there are, they're, they're necessary. <laughs> um he posted up a, like a 44 Magnum snub nose and like a, uh, it was some kind of, you know, bench made pocket knife, nothing crazy. Uh, he had a tourniquet. He had, it was like his EDC dump, you know, or whatever. He had a little cheap streamlight flashlight. Dude, that man got berated in the comments. Like, I mean, absolutely destroyed. He had a little speed loader with it, like all the things, you know, and they were like, you idiot, this is 2023, you know, and all this. And like everybody's running their mouth until they find out this dude is a backpacking guide in Alaska. Yeah. Right. And, and now right. all of a sudden everybody's like, Oh, well, oh. it kind of makes sense. And it's like, maybe he just ain't you, man. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and that's what I mean. Like people, we can't see like this man had a pistol. He had a reload. He had a flashlight. He had a tourniquet. He had a night. He had like everything that we all do. It just wasn't what you would do. Right. Right. And therefore yeah. it's automatically wrong. And it's like yeah. maybe not, man. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't know nothing about smoking grizzly bears in the middle of nowhere. Right? <laughs> like maybe there's well, that. 
You know, I, I've not I've not trained with you, Mark, but I do. I, you know, looking through your website, I think what you just said there is a pretty good description of how you you know you take approaches on on your training courses. You know, like we don't have to all have the same equipment. We don't all have to have the highest end of the highest end stuff, but you got to have stuff that works for you that you can be, re- that can be relied upon and that can work well and you make it work for yourself. Right. And Dude, there's always, I, always room for improvement. I don't care. Like everybody always gets, gets confused. Right. Cause I always like all over the website, if you read enough, you'll find this is not for beginners. This is not for beginners. This is not for beginners, like written everywhere. Uh, and then I just recently published the, uh, what's called the enlightenment page, uh, on I the website. Saw that. And, saw yeah. That. And, and, and that was, that was, a, uh, I, I had to, right. Because there was, there was things that were left confused, uh, with people. When I say not for beginners, I, marksmanship is not the measure, right? Like your, your ability to hit stuff is not the measure of beginner. Correct. Um, and that's what it, everyone it, goes to. Right. And so like what I would have, man, is I would have guys that would show up. And it would go something like this, right? Their their wife would buy them the course for Christmas. They ain't never heard nothing about me, right? They just they found me somehow, some way, uh, and they read this course ain't for beginners. And their mind immediately goes, "Well, I've owned guns my whole life. I ain't no beginner." Right. And it's like, dang it, man! Like that we um, we 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 no, you, something you, here. You you, know? you talk more about like you know in your terms of not for beginners, be proficient with the firearm that you're going to use in the training. Be safe. Con, con, you know? Control control and and. Yes, Con- control of of your weapon in all facets is the buy-in to sit at this table. Like that's how you get yeah. started. Um, yeah. If you cannot be safe with a firearm, you cannot be in this class. Like period. Yeah. Because this and is I not. Thought- this is not the class where I can take you by the hand, man. And, and like like I need you to have that squared away. I don't need you to be good at shooting. Yeah. I can make you good at shooting, right? But I can't make you not point a gun at your buddy beside you. Yeah, I, I um, thought that was pretty, from my perspective, just looking at your website, th- that w- came across pretty clear to me. So ho- hopefully it comes across that way to everybody else. Um, I, hope, I, 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 I have, hope that that thing gets copied and, and pasted to everybody's website and industry, man, because I, I got to be honest, that's, uh, I think that might be the only time I've ever seen anything like that. And nope, uh, Trek at MDFI actually has something similar uh, written up. But okay. it's, it's very strange to me how very few companies will, will do that. That's not a knock at them. It's just like, hey, man, like if you need it, like, Freaking use it, man! Copy and paste that song again. I, I, you know, I didn't, incre- I didn't create words on a computer, so like whatever. So you t- you talked a little earlier about not wanting to go after GM an open class, but do you still yeah. have time to compete at all? Oh yeah, dude, I compete a lot. Um, okay, I've, I've been on the I've been on the rifle side of the house for a while now. Um, I, I I I do pistol shooting, and <laughs> this is gonna probably cost me some some uh, class spots, but. I, I do pistol shooting as a as a default as a byproduct of the of the world, right? There are far more people that are interested in shooting pistol than there are rifle. It just is what it is. Um, yeah. And so, like, and and you know, I'm I'm pretty good at it. So, like, I got some stuff to talk about. Um, but man, my my heart lives at at about three or four hundred yards away. Um, <laughs> like I, I freaking love love rifle shooting, but like, but not rifle shooting like the boring like group shooting stuff. Um, like, I want to take, like, let, what if we could take the lessons that we learn from, like, the 50-yard and in range, and, like, did you know that at 300 yards, like, this is still a timed event, sir? You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. should still go fast. Um, yeah. And if you can't, my interest is in why not, and can we fix that? Um, yep. You know, and, and so that's where Performance Out Yonder came, came from. 
Well, what what competitions do you recommend for shooters who want to start competing? I mean, Mike and I, we we talk about this all the time in the show. You know, we have expanded a little bit. We've both done a couple USPSA matches. Yeah. I've done a steel yeah. challenge. Um, yeah. I've done like a, a, a pistol rifle match. I've done like a like a local two gun match. So I'm trying yeah. to expand as much as I can. But you know, what what do you what do you think are are, are best so, recommendations for people who want to start? Right off the bat, man, I think that if you're not competing, uh, you are leaving so much on the on the table. Um, you 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 must compete. And you must pay attention while you're competing to find out homework lessons that you need to go fix, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, co- commit yourself to being tested in an environment that is outside of your control and watch yourself fall apart in certain areas <laughs> and happy, happy meal for you, man. Now you know what you need to go work on, right? Yeah. Um, I always tell guys, man, like don't run from the things that scare you, right? Like don't run from the things that give you anxiety. So like at, at class, I always talk about like, uh, hey, all right, guys, now we're going to shoot uh, other strong hand only. A lot of people would call that weak hand only. I don't have a weak hand, so it's other strong hand. So uh, it's going to be other strong hand only, and everybody's always like, the, like when, when you talk about single hand pistol shooting, the lamentations of the of the range bitches begin. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, good <laughs> lord, you, you know. And it's like, hey, man, why 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 do you feel that way? And the reason is. So a lot of people suck at single hand shooting. It's a circle, right? So watch this. People suck at single hand shooting because they don't do good at it. And so th- because they don't do good at it, they don't practice it. And because they don't practice mm. it, they stay not good at it. People suck at single hand shooting because they suck at single hand shooting. It's a vicious you know cycle, what's funny? Right? You know what's funny, Mark? Yeah. Sometimes, and yeah. I'm, I'm not by no means saying I'm good at single hand shooting. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. sometimes I actually shoot better because I'm focused so hard yeah. On like all the little things I'm doing yep. that I yep, don't yep. neglect all those little things that I'm doing wrong when I, you know, when I'm shooting with two hands. Yep. And, and so if, if shooting single hand only scares you, you should inundate yourself with that until you're not afraid of it anymore. Right. And the mm-hmm. same exact thing goes for matches. Like go to the matches and the first moment that you feel that anxiety, those butterflies come up in you about a certain part of this stage that worries you. Number one. It ain't worrying just you. It's worrying somebody else too, right? So pressure is your, your yeah. pressure only lives in you. Only you feel it. Nobody else does, right? It's just your perception of the perceived importance of an event, right? Um, but somebody else is feeling that that same sort of way about this, right? And so like, wouldn't it be cool if you just went home and practiced that thing until you figured out how to do it and now it don't scare you no more and now we can move on to something else? Like instead of just- Like, like not know, breaking like, the 180. Idea, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be a good one. That was a shot at me, by the way, Mark, yeah, just so you know. I, I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, uh, dude, D- DQs are a lot like negligent discharges. I think far more people have had them than they care to admit. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like this is typically not the event that we write a Facebook post about, right? This is uh, yeah. something that we're, that lives in, in uh, you know, uh, humiliation in the background for the rest of our lives. But anyway, um I think that number one, you should you should treat competition like uh, if if you go with the intent, right? And the mental part's huge with this. Number one, don't go to win because you can't control that. And I'm not saying like, what do you mean, don't go to win? Do I go to lose? Like, no, that ain't what I mean, dummy. Yeah, um, no that 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 was my approach at this at my first steel challenge. Like, I was like, I just if you I'm, go, if, I, I just if, don't want to come in last place. That was my like, <laughs> I want to finish. I don't want to get DQ'd. If you go and the definition of success is to learn something today, you will always win. Yeah, yeah, like you, you, yeah. you always do that, right? Yeah, we have. Um, a, I, I do. I do. Uh, he's gonna laugh. I do jujitsu, and yeah, uh, we we always say we always say you either win or you learn. 
You know, like there's yeah. no lose. You either yeah. win or you learn something. You walk away with a, with yeah. a win either way. Dude, I get beat up all the time. All the time. Yeah. Like, it's it's amazing to me. There's this little dude. There's this little dude named Cole up in up at my gym. And the kid, like, I remember my, my coach, right? He was like, you're going to roll with Cole. And I'm like, dude, are I'm you, going to destroy well, this You do jiu-jitsu too? You do jiu-jitsu? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, man, I, my man. I was, I, was, I was like, dude, you're going to, I was like, dude, I'm going to destroy this man. Like, this man is like five foot three, 150 pounds. Like, this is, this is embarrassing to even be sitting here with him, you know? And, yeah. uh, dude, that Go little son of a gun freaking <laughs> tied me up in a pretzel. Like, I, I like, it was crazy. Like it was crazy. It was the closest thing to magic I've ever seen. Like I, I, I couldn't do nothing with it. Um, but anyway, all all that being said, if you if you're not competing, you're 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 leaving a lot on the table, man. If you're brand new to competing, I think one of the best matches you could do uh, on the pistol side of the house would be steel challenge. Uh, there's no movement in it. You're just standing still the whole time. Um, Mike's really interested in doing that. We gotta make that happen next. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it just yeah, seems fun. You know, it just seems a lot of fun. It it is. It, it really is. Um, and then uh, if you want to, you know, deep dive a little more, uh, jump into the USPSA side of the house, man. Whole lot of moving, whole lot of gun manipulation, whole lot of targets, whole lot of strategy. Um, and it's just it's just a good time, man. And, and you'll you'll learn so much. It's it'll blow your yeah. freaking mind what some of those guys can do out there. Um, well, and then, we're going to we're going to talk a little bit. I'm sorry. We're, we're yeah, yeah. I, I don't I just don't want to go into uh, DMR stuff because we're going to talk about that a little bit later, if that's OK. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, sure. And I want to get you to run and gun, but before we get you there, can you just tell everyone where they can find you and all your different social medias, your website? Yeah, yeah. And I also have all that in the show notes as well, but just give everyone a, a good shout. Yeah, man. Uh, so the, the, the main page is uh, jbstraininggroup.com. Instagram uh, is going to be jbs underscore training group. I am currently shadow banned, so you have to type that whole thing out. <laughs> um uh, Facebook, JBS training group or Mark Smith. Um, I use social media as my free commercial. So like, uh, if you friend request me, I will accept it unless you're like some weirdo or cross dresser or some weird <laughs> kind of thing. Um, or like you're from Egypt or you, you know what I mean? Something, something crazy. Um, Nigeria. And, and then I, so I just, yeah, <laughs> I just recently started a, uh, a Twitter. I'm not very active on there because frankly, I'm still trying to figure out how to work that thing. Um, I'm but the same way. Soon, you know. You got. Um, you got to get that link on your website. It's not up there. You only got Facebook, yeah, YouTube, and Instagram. That is that is by design, sir. <laughs> okay. Okay. Give me a little bit to get that to where it looks like I know what I'm doing. Awesome. Well, like I said, I want to get us to running gun, but uh, before we get there, I want to talk about our friends over at fourpatriots.com. So four patriots, they provide long-lasting and delicious food options that are specifically designed to provide you and your loved ones with a sustenance when you need it most. And Keith and I recently, everyone that's been listening knows we've been trying out some of their food. And the one, the big joke is we couldn't get breakfast. Right? We, <laughs> yeah. we, we couldn't get the breakfast. We couldn't get to Grammy's Sweet Oatmeal. But we finally, this past weekend, we we tried out Grammy's Sweet Oatmeal. And uh, we we overall really enjoyed it. Uh, Keith, you had the brainstorm to start throwing shit in it. <laughs> well, it was, first of all, plain by itself, totally edible, totally good. Brown sugar, a little sweetness yeah, to it. Yeah, it, it tasted, honestly, it tasted like any instant oatmeal that I would have. It took a little longer to cook, you know, obviously, because you got to get through the that process. But um, 
I, we're, I'm eating it and I'm like, hey, let's put some honey in this and let's put some strawberries in it and bananas and maple syrup, and maple syrup in it. And it was delicious when you start <laughs> Yeah, stuff I, I got to say, uh, I the big joke in my house is uh, my kids love bananas. Like if, you know, they're going to a sports thing, like they'll grab a banana. I hate bananas. I don't like bananas. I don't know why. But all, I love them. All, but there was a banana just laying there and I said, I can't let the banana go to waste. So I sliced up some banana and put a little honey in it. And honey and banana is pretty good, I got to say. In the oatmeal. In oatmeal, yeah. It was good. Not, not bad. Yeah, and, you know, just for mentioning it, because, you know, one of the things that I've been looking at when we've been trying, you know, these these different things from Four Patriots is I feel like the serving sizes on the package are light in comparison to the amount you actually get. Right. So let me clarify what you mean by that. What you yeah. mean is if they say there's eight servings, you feel like there's actually like 10, ten. servings. Yeah. yeah, or more. Yeah, or yeah. more. Yeah, I I would agree that like so my wife and I uh, even after we had talked about it, I think the bag of oatmeal said eight servings, if right. I'm not correct. And yeah. I had at least three of those. Yeah, and then, and then like, like my kids each had one. Your kid had one. Like yeah. I had a few. Like it felt like there was a ton of them. I took one home, and I that was the other part I wanted to say. I had it the next day. It lasted fine. Put in a little Tupperware, heated it up. Okay, it was fine the next same. day. Same. I did the same thing. So anyway, uh, as as we've been saying, we've been reporting over and over. Our findings are. Nothing but positive. So head over to fourpatriots.com. I'm ready to try some more. I, I got to call them up and say, hey, what's next? Bring me what's some next? more food. Yeah. <laughs> make uh, make sure when the time comes, your family's prepared for the worst. That's what we're basically trying to get at here. And get make- 10% off your order using discount code Gun Experiment 10. There it is. Save yourself some money. All right. So now that we've gotten that uh, out of the way, Mark, I'm ready to do run and gun with you. So this is 10 questions, rapid fire. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. Send it. All right. Here we go. Number one, what is your favorite gun in your personal collection? Uh, 14 and a half inch Hodge Defense. What AR-15. gun would you buy if money was no object? Uh, in, uh, the, the, the 249 saw. I want that as a coffee table piece. If you could have a drink with one person living or dead, who would it be? Jesus Christ. Favorite caliber? Oh... Uh, Five, five, six, man. Five, fifty-six, twice, twenty-three. <laughs> Favorite hobby, not gun-related. Oh, not gun-related, um, dude. I, I really enjoy hiking. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh, I want to. I want to fly. All hell breaks loose. Is it better to be armed or trained? Trained. Is it better to be loved or feared? Loved. Rifle, pistol, or shotgun? Rifle. You're in the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have your back other than your spouse? Um, then this is this is a, a a an actual person. Yes. Uh, Bill Blowers. Let's mix it up. Keith, man, you were chasing down Alex Hartman. I thought you were going to beat him, but uh, uh, one hundred six point uh, six seven. So. Right in between uh, Nick Morrow and Roy Hill from Bernal's. So, oh, man, this, is, cool? this is a this is a timed event. You didn't. You didn't oh yeah, it's a timed event. I'd have smoked that son of a gun if I'd have known that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well no redos. <laughs> no redos, and uh, you, you did pretty well. You did pretty well. So, uh, so speaking of, let's mix it up. Is brought to us by Ridgeline Defense, our friend Alex. Ridgeline Super. is one of the nation's premier training facilities, and they offer. Programs based on proven tactics and real-world experience. Their highly trained staff specializes in pistol, carbine, precision rifle, breaching, 
sniper operations, and low visibility force protection. If you're looking to take your skills to the next level, you've found your new training partner. Check them out at ridgelineshooting.com. And hey, who better to have on but a friend of Alex's? How good is that place? Dude, uh, so man, I, look, man, you ain't got to believe me, right? Um, <laughs> but like, I, here's what I'll tell you. There's a lot of people in this world that don't like Mark Smith, and that's okay. But I would defy you to find the man that questions my integrity because he don't exist, right? Like I did not <laughs> lie, and 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 I do what I say I'm going to do. And when I tell you there is no other place like Ridgeline Training Facility in the country, there is no other place like Ridgeline Training Facility in the country. I ain't seen what that's those awesome. boys have out there available anywhere. Um, yeah, that's awesome. It, yeah, it, and it's it's fascinating. I, it's on the East Coast. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, yeah. I have to say, I have to say, you know, it's it's interesting you said that. And listen, this wasn't like it's not like we gamed this or anything. Like you came on the show, you've been to their facility, um, they're a sponsor. But you know, this this goes for for everyone we work with. You know, we we work with top top notch people, and uh, and I and I feel the same way. You know, like we're not just we're not just putting people on the show because you know they want to be sponsors. Like we kind of vet them and make sure that we feel comfortable with them and. Uh, I feel that way about those guys originally a hundred percent. So it's, it's glad I'm glad that you can sort of back that up as well. That's awesome. Dude, if, so. it, if it means anything to the listeners, I have a, uh, a group chat going right now on my messengers, uh, or, or, you know, messenger or whatever you want to call it that I frequent most. And it is the, uh, the text message thread between myself, Alex Hartman and Bill Blowers. And, uh, those, like those two guys are my favorite people that I've met in this entire industry. And, um, that's awesome, man. So like, yeah, I, I can't recommend Alex enough, man. Al- Alex is actually coming out to us to help sponsor us, uh, with the performance out yonder match in, in Texas in November. So uh, very, he, he very just, cool. a, he's just a good dude, man. Cool. Appreciate that. So listen on this episode of let's mix it up. We're going to discuss designated marksman setups and competitions. So you have a really nice, uh, YouTube video on this. I would encourage everyone to go, go look at it. And you know, this isn't going to be a super in-depth, uh, conversation because that video really is good. But I did want to just talk a little bit about it. Um, more so uh, a couple of questions for you. So one, um, this is, I'll ask a gear question and then a competition question. So yeah. how, w- what really are we looking at for a designated marksman rifle in terms of setup? Uh, I know obviously you want to have somewhat of an accurized uh, AR setup. Is is five five six the the caliber most guys are shooting on that? Well, are you trying to go win high overall, or are you trying to just go be competitive and and not look like a spaz? The latter, because those are <laughs> because those are two different things. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yep. And so I I think that what are most DMR are, rifles set up as? What caliber? Uh, Typically, eighteen inch, eighteen inch, five five six, or or six millimeter something. Um, whether okay. it be six five Cree, more six Cree, six R, you know, something similar. Uh, but but that's going to be your your separation, right? When you get out of the five, five, six realm and into anything that starts with a six, you typically are going to jump divisions. Um, yeah. So, so now is like, um, the, the question I keep kind of, uh, I, I can't seem to get a clear cut answer is okay. like, like when guys are doing like, like when law enforcement has a, a DMR, um, yep. is, is like a five, five, six enough to get out, you know, reach out and touch someone, so to speak, like, or is that more of just Absolutely competitive? It is. Absolutely. Okay. It is. Okay. Um, especially like, especially in the civilized United States. Right. Um, yeah. And, 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 and not even right. So, so Alex, we, we keep talking about Alex, uh, Alex spent his entire career engaging dudes with, with a five, five, six. 
um, or, or, or a 762, which basically flies very similar outside of wind disparities. But uh, I, I think, man, that if you have even a 12 and a half inch AR-15 chambered in 5.56 and a 1 to 6, you can be competitive if you know what you need to know. Yeah. So what's the difference between moving from a recce rifle to a DMR? What, what are you I, changing? Man, so the, I don't like to put labels on this stuff like, like a lot of people do, man. Like, cause it's, cause like, but there are honestly, labels though. If, there are if, labels if I, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's what comes up in my mind. Recce gun is typically spoken as the, the, the rifle that is shorter and has an LPVO based uh, style optic on it. But here's what I'll say to that, man. Like, you know, you asked me earlier, I, I keep talking about normal guys. Cause like, we got to remember we're normal guys. Dudes, recce is a job, not a rifle. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like, so like you can't just say recce rifle and it, and it means something, you know what I mean? Like, it, it was a rifle designed for a specific task. It was a rifle designed yeah, for a specific right, task. Right. And based on the context of that task, that rifle will change. Right. You know what I mean? And, and so like reconnaissance is reconnaissance. It's not a gun setup. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Well, but um, but 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 to that point though, you would not want to go necessarily on reconnaissance with a 18 well, you could with an 18, but you wouldn't want to go with a 20 inch barrel and a giant scope. Like that'd be a lot of weight to be lugging around, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Um, yeah. and, and we're also that, we're speaking so, in hypotheticals so here man, because most right, right. most people Oh, I lost you, man. Hello, hello. Oh, sorry about that. I think I just cut a feed by accident. Yep, there we are. Sorry about that. Um, So what I was saying is, we're talking basically in generalities here because we're yeah. talking civilian, we're talking competition, we're talking maybe a little bit of LARPing and having fun, but you know, obviously I what I think of when I think of job. when I think of recce versus DMR, um, I think of the guy that's like, so, okay. One rifle looks like a 12, five, 14, five gun with a LPVO and it's pretty slick. Otherwise, uh, DMR looks like a, maybe a 16 to an 18 inch gun with, uh, you know, like a three to 18, four to 16, something like that. A bipod, a designated stock with, with rear bag, uh, support built in, like, like all, all these different things for like, you're going to be here for a while and we need you to take a finally aim shot if need be. Um, yes. and, and that's kind of the, the delineation between the two and as, as my mind uh, manifests it based on current culture norms. Right. I appreciate um, the fact that you didn't want to be nailed down, but you let me nail you down more. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We all got to so do our what, what are the So explain <laughs> the divisions to me. There, there are normally okay. like three different divisions. So uh, here's the interesting part about DMR stuff. Um, it is what we know as an outlaw match, yeah. Uh, meaning that there, it's not a sanctioned thing, right? So the way I kind of but it's, be, it's it, gaining guys, popularity. I think it is. I think it's. I think it's quite actually on fire. I would call it like it is. It is spreading through the the nation. Um, it's becoming very very popular, and you know. I, I kind of describe it to guys as like it is three gun. Like if you, like you got three gun, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and think about what you do with the rifle and three gun. 
And then you've got PRS, which is Precision Rifle Series, which, and, and think about what you do with the gun and that. And then kind of like somewhere in the middle lies the DMR match, where it's like, hey, man, you should be able to hit pretty respectable-sized targets at distance, but at the same time, we're going to make them big enough so that you can freaking go fast as balls, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's the idea. Um and and so yeah, I mean, uh, some of these like I was reading uh, on one particular competition down by you in South Carolina, you yeah. know, there were some of the the targets were out to eight hundred yards. Yeah, yeah. So I'm actually going to shoot one uh, Saturday uh, up, up here, and it's. I mean, that's uh, getting gonna, close to precision rifle shooting. Like it's close, well, right? Per, well, precision rifle the targets shooting are big enough. Have it, it has nothing to do with the distance, right? Right. Um, Precision is the is the precision of 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 this of the shot, right? So like a a one inch hit, like like a one inch group at a hundred yards, that's that's precision shooting, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so I don't really like to nail a distance on it, um, but it's more or less like I, I like to tell guys, man, if you've got a gun that'll hold two minutes, right? Like a two minute gun. Uh, yeah. that, that is like that, that, that is a gun. I, I won a DMR match in Alabama with a gun that shot two and a quarter minute. Um, and so like, you don't need no, no sub minute gun to come do this, man. Um, because the targets don't require it, right? Like two, two minutes at 600 yards is a 12 inch target. Like that's a pretty small target at, tw- at 600 yards. You know what I mean? And so like, the targets you're going to get at, at 600 at these DMR matches are going to be at least 66% silhouettes, dude. They're going to be they're going to be like 14 by 20, and so like a two minute gun is is definitely a doable thing. Um, How much of physicality is involved in terms of like physical fitness? Like, are you you're lugging around and running and moving and like what's involved with so, that? Again, it depends on the match, man. Some guys' version of a DMR match is dramatically different than others, uh, but. For the most part, you can count on like if you are semi-athletic, you will have a semi-benefit, right? Um, meaning like if you can contour your body into a – do I know? I said I'm out. Yeah, Keith, Big Keith <laughs> is exactly that. He's if, big. <laughs> if you can contort your body into a strange way that most people can't, that, that can be beneficial sometimes, right? Um, if you can – Typically, it has not. It's not. I don't like to think of movement as necessarily applying to being athletic because it's not. It's not always the the case. Like I've seen really fat dudes that move really good, man. Um, I move pretty good, but like once I get into that shooting position, like yeah. I have to stay in that position, and then the timer runs out, and then I can move. <laughs> yeah. Well, and 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 by the way, like you know, there's different degrees here, right? Like you've heard of proving grounds. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like, like so we're the, we're gonna the have proving grounds. Are the guys you talking about Chad Wiley and uh, and, and and Sarah? Yeah, um, so we're gonna Sarah's actually gonna be coming on the show uh, in the upcoming months. But so to that's talk to whose us. match. That's whose match I'm going to shoot Saturday. It's, oh, it's oh okay. tell her you met us. It's not the yeah, proving grounds, but it's the she's also running something called the Tactical Sniper Series. And yes, and so, like, okay, that's, yes, that's her match. Put a good word in for us. Tell her she's gonna have a good yeah. time. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but but no, yeah, it's no, not, so it's not very physical, man. It it, it really isn't. It's uh. It's more or less like has to do with how quickly you can get a shot off, not how fast you can sprint. You know what I mean? Okay, then um, then I'm back in. <laughs> okay, got it, got it. 
You were never really out. <laughs> no, I was not ever out. I would go anyway. Um, okay, I mean that that okay. So, so far, everything you're saying, I mean, I'm 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 down with what you're saying. I mean, dude, I, I really I, like. I, if, if I weighed 300 pounds, I would still go and try to win. Like, like it, well, it, it I'm really less than 300 like, these days, which is good. Like it doesn't yeah. it doesn't it's not a thing. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. does it does it help to be limber and and athletic? Sure. Yeah. Are you basically um, on a giant square, like a, like a square range or are you like going up in no, the mountains? No, and, no, no. Yeah, no, you, no, it's nothing like that. And so now if somebody's out there, if somebody's out there listening and they want to go do one of these and like, I've, I, I've heard you say this, like, just go do it and, you know, don't worry about winning or whatever and, and, yep. and have fun and, and try to learn something. But, you know, is this the, one of those things like what you're talking about, like you should maybe have a basic marksmanship course <laughs> under your belt in terms of this type of shooting before you go do it? Or I think that you need to, the, the biggest, the, the biggest, so that I've actually identified four things that, um, the, the bottom 50% of the, the field ends up lacking, right? Uh, this is actually how I built performance out yonder curriculum was I identified these four main things that if you place in the bottom 50%, you typically are struggling with one, if not all of these four things. Uh, the first thing is you need to have a freaking zero, right? And so what I mm-hmm. commonly see is either dudes have a bad zero or no zero. And what I say is when I say bad zero, they would call this a uh, good enough zero or minute of man zero or something like that, right? Um, the next thing is they either have bad data or no data, right? They 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 don't understand how to gather data, or they, the, the, they, they input into the calculator bad information, and therefore it gave them bad information back, right? So, like, people don't understand that ballistic solvers are nothing but calculators. They're just really fancy calculators. Right. They, do, they literally don't know how to screw you up, man. Like, Numbers don't lie. It is, it is you putting something in that is not correct based on your misunderstanding of the program, Right. Um, that is what happened. Not it, it ain't it ain't that Strelock Pro sucks or that Kestrel sucks. It's that you suck at knowing how to work these things, right? Um, and so bad data or no data. Number three is either that they they don't understand the principles the principles of stability, and therefore if you give them a barricade or you give them something weird that they've never seen before, they cannot find stability on it, and they'll just they'll deplete the clock. Uh, throwing a bunch of hopers out there um, because they don't understand what they need to do to be able to get stable. And then the last one is um, movement. They, they, and I say movement, not as an athletic thing, but like one of the things that like drives me absolutely, I, I can't stand things that are illogical, right? Like things that are <laughs> illogical that are, that are objectively not sound mind, like drive me absolutely banana sandwich. Right. And so what you'll see is you'll see the buzzer go off and these guys will just lackadaisically stroll up to the barricade like they're on a freaking Sunday afternoon walk or something, yeah. you know? And it's like, huh. it's like, sir, did you know this was a timed event? You know what I mean? Like go over the purpose basically. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. And you know, like I've always told guys that one of the best principles of movement that I've always like touted to all my students is like when there is no shooting required, there is absolutely no risk at moving at 100% of your capability. Like, move your hind end. You know what I mean? Like, stop just walking around. Uh, and so that that's a thing. And then I, I guess if you wanted to add a fifth one on there, it would be like, they can't pull the trigger without moving a gun, right? So like, you, you yeah. should be able to, to and with a rifle, man, this really is not very difficult. Um, yeah. 
What's yeah, round like, count for a lot of these matches? Uh, le- less less than two hundred rounds. Oh wow. Okay. okay. All right. Well, it sounds very interesting. They're yeah, very very. Sure. Uh, yeah, I love it, man. It's 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 the most fun you can have a clothes on. I'm convinced of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, uh, Mark, I want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing your insight on training and competition with us. It's you make DMR yeah. competitions sound like a real challenge, but also a whole lot of fun, and it's definitely something I I'd love to try it. I, I'm sure Keith Dude, would as well. You'll learn so much. You'll learn so much, and you'll be amazed how much of that is directly related to like just pistol shooting. Like like there's no. so much in there that's just, it's just great. It's good brain food. Yeah. Awesome. And I really enjoyed hearing about your scientific based approach to training. And I think it's, it's really refreshing approach to, to that, to teaching and and just coursework. So thank you very much. And to all of our listeners, we want to thank you again for taking time out of your day to tune into our show. You can find links in the show notes to all of our social media. So be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and discord so we can keep the conversation going. 